Doctors from Taiwan's leading hospital are warning that many preschools are at high risk for viral transmission. Speaking at a press conference Friday, a doctor from National Taiwan University Hospital said many Taiwan preschools are located inside large buildings and have no windows opening up to outside air. Improving ventilation is critical to reducing infection risk, the doctor said. The warning comes in the wake of the preschool outbreak in New Taipei, which involves the highly contagious Delta variant. NTU Hospital held an online press conference on Friday to address the school outbreak, emphasizing that classroom ventilation is key. We see that many preschools are located inside large buildings. They don't have windows or doors that open directly to the outdoors. They are confined spaces. Comparatively speaking, these preschools are a high-risk environment conducive to viral transmission. Besides ensuring safe practices by teachers, students, and their parents, the most important thing preschools can do is improve ventilation, he said. The physician urged the government to ramp up school inspections. He also said that classroom toys can be a vector of transmission. Studies done in the U.S. and Australia all show that the virus can survive on the surface of plastic for three days. Some studies even state that the virus can live for 21 days or more. Sue said that toys must be regularly cleaned and disinfected. Physician Huang Liming warned that the school outbreak isn't over yet, that there could be more waves of infections ahead. He said there's likely more than one infection source behind the outbreak. Going by the five-day incubation period of the virus, we have already seen three waves. If lab results show that the construction worker had a high CT value, we may be able to infer that he was infected between August 12th and 14th. If so, you'll have to be careful, because he may have been infected by a different source. The transmission chain of this cluster is complex, and experts still haven't identified the source of infection. Doctors say preschools should take precautions to lower their risk of a Delta outbreak. Another delivery of AstraZeneca vaccines arrived Friday afternoon. The shipment contained 458,000 doses ordered from the manufacturer. The batch has been sent for FDA inspection. In related news, another round of vaccination bookings began on Friday. This round is for AZ and it's open to people aged 18 to 22 who need their first shot. It's also open to individuals aged 65 and older who need their second. A total of 1.14 million people can now go online to make an appointment. Vaccinations start next Wednesday. The upcoming quintuple stimulus vouchers are packed with security features to combat fraud. Premier Su Zhenchang unveiled the anti-counterfeit technologies at a press conference on Thursday. One is a special ink that changes color when the voucher is tilted. Parts of the voucher are also embossed. The central bank says it will release a video to inform the public about the features which are similar to ones used in the national currency. Sue takes to the stage, showing off samples of the quintuple stimulus vouchers. Adorned with images of the Formosa magpie, the vouchers are also designed with 11 anti-counterfeit features. They're not just beautiful, they also incorporate a range of anti-counterfeit features, as many as 11 such features. 
These features were very professionally designed. Everything from the materials, the paper, and the inks to the internal features is so. Some aspects I can't go into fine detail about, and I'm not a professional in this field, but you can see it. Look at the vouchers, touch them, flip them over. Housed within is a range of highly advanced technologies. The vouchers have overlaid images printed on both sides. The upper left corner of the 1000 NT voucher has ink that changes color and the paper has fluorescent fibers weaved in to form patterns. Move the voucher around in the air and it changes colors. Hidden at the bottom of the voucher, tiny letters spell out Taiwan in English. And rubbing the bill, a plum blossom printed in raised ink can be felt. The words quintuple stimulus voucher are also printed in raised ink for the visually impaired. The central bank and the Ministry of Economic Affairs will release a short video to teach people how to recognize all of the voucher's anti-counterfeit features. Our currency, our national currency, uses such features, which people familiar with anti-counterfeit measures used in the national currency will understand. Really, the design of the quintuple stimulus vouchers is pretty similar. The quintuple stimulus vouchers are legal tender and their counterfeit features are similar to those of the nation's currency, too. The government says it will release a video to ensure the public is aware of these features to avoid the spread of counterfeits. As the vouchers get ready to be distributed, the government is keen to encourage the public to choose the digital ones. For one thing, they'll be released early on September 22nd, before cash vouchers come out in October. Many banks are offering promotions to try to make depositing a voucher even more tempting. The quintuple stimulus vouchers will be released in October. As they were last year, they'll be available as paper or digital vouchers. But which is the best option? There's no one-size-fits-all answer. The paper vouchers. I want to get it in a physical format so it feels like I've got something. I'll use digital because it's so convenient on the phone now. I think there will be more promotions. Last year, 90% of the public chose paper vouchers. Now, the Financial Supervisory Commission and Economics Ministry wants to promote digital payment. They've agreed with banks to release digital vouchers earlier, on September 22nd. Many banks have jumped to announce special offers for those who choose to deposit vouchers in their coffers. We have extra bonus offers for early bird customers, including those who use our deposit card, like people did with the triple stimulus vouchers last year and the first 10,000 customers this year. We want these quintuple stimulus voucher bonuses to boost the domestic economy and consumption. Lots of people will deposit for sure. Last year, you could switch from digital to cash vouchers, but not this year. This year, the rules don't allow you to get a cash voucher after you deposit a digital one. But if a family deposits their vouchers together, they can still change their mind from October 2nd to 6th. There are lots of offers to choose from. The Hanguang Live Fire exercises will open next Monday after being postponed due to the pandemic. Just before these week-long drills, President Tsai Ing-wen made a whirlwind visit of three key military facilities in Taichung. One was the base of a new Xiongfeng missile squadron. Tsai gave brief remarks to rally the troops. These past few days, everyone has been quite worried about the impending typhoon and the current pandemic situation. This year, the men and women of the armed forces have not only defended their posts, but have also supported our disaster and pandemic response measures. I'm really quite thankful for your hard work and contributions. 
we have the Air Force Missile Command, which is not merely a high-tech unit. It delivers a high degree of flexibility and stealth, and it plays a key role in our strategy for asymmetrical warfare. The Hanguang exercises will be held next week, and it will be the first time our second squadron will take part. I implore everyone to make this an all-out effort to show the world that the ROC armed forces are resolute in their determination to safeguard the nation. The president also visited the Air Force's Missile Command Headquarters and the Defense Ministry's Arms Manufacturing Center. The day before, she went to Ilan County to commission the domestically built Tajiang Corvette, a warship with air defense capabilities. Lawmakers are scheduled to start deliberating on bills next Friday at the session's first Yuan sitting. Already, it looks like conflict is looming. The KMT has threatened to block the premier's opening report as it had done the year before. During Friday's cross-party negotiations, lawmakers agreed to schedule their first UN sitting for September 17th. The Premier will be invited to report on his 3 plus 11 quarantine policy for flight crew, which the KMT blamed for Taiwan's COVID outbreak in May. But it's still unclear whether that report will come to pass. The KMT said it will insist that Sue apologize for his policy first before going up to address the legislature. On this session's agenda, priorities include an anti-stalking bill and a budget for issuing quintuple stimulus vouchers. There's a bill on lowering the threshold for constitutional amendments. There's also a bill to strike Article 49 of the Labor Standards Act, which states that women must not work between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., a provision ruled unconstitutional last month. Lawmakers say that if the KMT boycotts the Premier's reports, as it did in the last legislative session, it would derail progress in the legislative agenda. I feel that this approach is rather crude. The best way to exercise oversight over the government is to allow Premier Su and other relevant ministries take direct questions during interpolation. Speaker Yoshi Kun called on the parties to prioritize the nation's interests and to let the legislative session proceed smoothly. The board game industry is pleading for relief from COVID rules. A new petition launched by board game stores is pushing for permission to welcome customers back to play in-store, in-person. Many shops are on the brink of collapse after harsh rules shut down their business in May. Now that eating in at restaurants is allowed again in most places, board game experts say they miss their turn. Cafe owner has to say he's only open to sell products. You can't come in and play. This game's cafe is quiet and the workers are nowhere to be seen. The owner cuts costs by tidying the premises alone. If you go to a board game cafe, you normally play the games there. You don't really buy them. They can teach you how to play and create an atmosphere. If you just want to buy a board game, you can do that online. You don't have to go to a cafe. So actually, I think it doesn't help to let them sell games. They're selling an experience. 
Most board game stores bank on offering an experience, not on product sales. At this board game cafe, customers come in to eat and drink while they play. That's 90% of profits. They once had upward of 20 groups come in daily. Now they only have product sales left, nowhere near enough to cover rent, utilities, and payroll. The owner can barely pay himself a salary. When you've got less than 10% left, forget the rent. I might not even be able to pay one person's salary, my own salary. The vast majority of the time, I'm just sitting here waiting for the phone to ring. This board game expert thinks that public health rules are illogical. If you can go to a restaurant, take your mask off, and eat around strangers, then why can't you go to a board game store with a mask on, wear gloves to play a game, or handle cards and plastic coverings? Even now, there's been no development in the government advice. All we can do is get together as stores or go to publishers and try to make a petition together and see if there's some way we can also get back to business. Board game stores have launched an official petition asking the government to ease restrictions on their industry. Otherwise, they say they could become a casualty of COVID. A puppetry exhibition titled Treasures of Taiwanese Bo Dehi has opened at the National Taiwan Museum. It showcases puppets and cultural relics using audiovisual simulated reality and digital installations to engage visitors. For most the news reporter Stephanie Yang takes us on a tour. Once you start the QR code and answer the question, you'll be able to find out which character you're most similar to. To engage visitors, the museum offers a QR code for people to swipe. It connects to a personality test. After answering the questions, visitors discover which character they are. What's fun about this exhibition is that we want to make the ancient puppets come alive. We designed a personality quiz. Once you scan the QR code and answer some questions, it'll tell you which character you resemble the most. For example, when the reporter did the personality test, she got A Tongbo. She can scan the QR code and watch a video to learn more about A Tongbo. This is Treasures of Taiwanese Bu Dai Shi, a new glove puppetry exhibition at the National Taiwan Museum. The Shi Tian Society Puppet Theater Foundation donated the puppets and cultural relics to the museum, which has put some of them on display. Highlights of the exhibition include two old puppetry stages made of Taiwanese wood. The most eye-catching part of the exhibition is this stage. Because this stage was carved by an old woodworking craftsman in Tainan, it was carved out of a precious Taiwanese wood. Such a large stage is very rare. At the exhibition, you can see the development of the glove puppetry in Taiwan and the development of wood carving craftsmanship. The exhibition features nearly 100 puppets, cultural relics, videos, and more to help people learn more about traditional glove puppetry. The National Taiwan Museum is a very important museum that is preserving this art. For this exhibition, we restored puppets donated by the Seedon Society Puppet Theater Foundation. We did initial research and provided notes for the artifacts. I hope that everyone can come to appreciate the myriad cultural elements that appear in puppet shows. I hope people all over the country can come to have a look. Renowned puppeteer Chen Xi Huang, who's 91 years old this year, made an appearance at a press event promoting the exhibit. He performed a scene and shared some of his dreams for the future of glove puppetry. I'm still teaching now. I'll teach until I can't do it anymore. When children enter the museum, we will have to explain to them our culture, our traditional puppet show. 
We must use traditional things to innovate. The National Taiwan Museum has received 2,800 puppets and cultural relics from the Shitian Society Puppet Theatre Foundation, and more than 10,000 puppets from Taiyuan Asian Puppet Theatre Museum. The National Taiwan Museum hopes to continue to organize puppetry exhibitions in the future to encourage the public to cherish the art. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. Now, you've probably seen many food and drinks businesses fold in recent months. But have you noticed the opposite? Some restaurants are actually expanding thanks to the chance to move into great new locations or enjoy reduced rents. We met two young chefs who are swimming against the tide. This hot pot broth is made with over 20 spices, including Sichuan pepper. In just seconds of dipping, slices of marbled beef and blue diamond shrimp are ready to eat. The restaurant's owner has boldly opened this new location despite the pandemic's threat. For two years, I've been wanting to pivot to having a store on the ground, and the pandemic popped up. But actually, everyone has a different perspective on it. We have a kind of counterintuitive view because during the pandemic, we finally got a slightly more reasonable price for this store and slightly more reasonable rent than normal. And we've been able to rent this good location. It's just, it's a bit of a gamble. You're gambling on when the pandemic will end. The price for the store has been cut 70%, while rent is just half of normal. That's why Chen Xingzhu is now able to rent a location, when previously he sold his hot pot broth and ingredients online. But other chefs are having the same idea. Open up the oven to find piping hot sweet potatoes, mushrooms and loofah alongside steamed chicken breasts. These healthy lunch boxes are made with steamed ingredients, and the business has expanded rapidly since the pandemic hit. When we were looking for stores, lots of the rents were a bit lower because so many people have folded and shut down. We thought some of these stores are in excellent locations and it's lucky for us they've shut down. So we thought the location suited us and we expanded here. The restaurant industry is on the rocks right now, but for these entrepreneurs, swimming against the tide is paying off. And turning to the weather, a land warning was issued for severe typhoon Chen Thu at 5.30 Friday evening. The storm is still gaining strength as it closes in. If it continues on its current path, its center will skirt Taiwan's east coast. Let's hear from a meteorologist. It has significantly intensified since this morning. As of 5.30 today, it appears that within 18 hours, the storm's radius of maximum winds will touch southern Taiwan. Heavy rain is likely along the upper half of the island. In Ilan, Hualien, and mountainous regions, there's a chance of heavy or extremely heavy localized rainfall. Northern and northeastern Taiwan may see localized rainfall at the scale of extremely heavy or higher. The storm is set to deliver heavy rains and strong winds between Saturday and Monday. Rain is expected nationwide on Sunday.